When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on WMR.FM, episode number 449. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is my company's senior SEO, Scott Fenak. Well, you had a good weekend. You were just telling me about your bowling. I didn't ask. Did you guys, did you win anything? We we came in second place for our team, for the for our men's team, which is maybe the best we've ever done. We live in a town called Courtney. We have a really old bowling alley like literally the oldest bowling alley in british columbia and it's in probably the worst shape out of all the bowling alleys and so we're not the best bowlers because we don't bowl on the best lanes and so usually you know our teams come in like third or fourth in this tournament and we came in second so that's actually phenomenally good we had two bowlers from courtney that actually one placed first in a singles event and the other got like the all-star award for the whole thing so wow we did i didn't but uh, as a team as a team we did quite well for uh, what we usually do. So, no, it was great. Lots of fun. Good laughs. Awesome. All that stuff. Excellent. Well, let's jump into this. We've got uh, news about the Google market share, which I have to say I wasn't surprised that it, wow, well, I thought it dropped, but here we go. You you show me what's going on here. Yeah, it was, um, you know, we don't really talk about market share anymore, which is funny because I remember when I started with Stepforth, we did a monthly blog post on yeah. the market share. And it changed so dramatically back then. Everybody was at like 25% kind of thing. So it was really dramatic fluctuation. And then it got to a point where Google just sort of hovered around 90% forever and it got boring. And then we don't talk about it anymore because it doesn't change. But um, I just happened to be looking at statcounter.com uh, for their current market share and, and saw some stats by country and uh, a little bit interesting. Um, you know, one fact like April of this year, which was the last month, uh, the United States had an 88.89% market share for Google. Sorry, Google had an 88.89% in the United States. Uh, whereas in, and they were kind of at the lower end of the, the countries I looked at, the regions I looked at. And India was super high at 98.53%. But what I kind of found interesting is if you look at the stats for Canada, worldwide, Asia, some of the other countries, over the past uh, year since April, or even if you go back 10 years to April 2013, they're kind of all the same. It's like plus or minus one or two percent, uh, mostly plus. Or market shares increased by about a percent or two across the board, except for the United States. In April ten years ago, it was at seventy nine percent. So they've actually gone up ten percent in the last ten years, hmm. which I don't know. That really surprised me. I, I didn't like. Why is just the U.S. growing? You know, everyone else has kind of reached that peak, um, and Bing sort of been low percentage for a long time now. I guess back in April 2013, Bing probably still had a good market share. I didn't look at that. Um, 
that'd be interesting to see if not how much they might be increasing. Uh, I think more so next year, um, since Bing is definitely being uh, really proving the leader in AI right now. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I should have pulled that data. Should, should, we, should uh, we cancel and start recording over again? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> well, it'll be the next next one. We'll remember that for sure. <laughs> okay, next next report. I'll look at Bing and we'll we'll do a little comparison for fun. Yeah, yeah but yeah. Uh, okay. Well, uh, on on a on a on a kind of scary note, um, an AI pioneer, actually one of the AI pioneers, has quit Google to warn about the technology's dangers. Okay, so <laughs> this is. This has happened multiple times now, where the guys who have literally been behind inventing AI are freaking out, and yet all of us are not. <laughs> I wonder what's wrong with us, because if they're freaking out, we should be freaking out. We should be listening. Uh, this all gives me the creeps. Anyway, his name is Jeffrey Hinton. His nickname's the godfather of AI. He left his role at Google to speak out about the dangers of technology he helped de- develop. This sounds just like Terminator. Um, <laughs> exactly the same. I think that's yeah. where I got that quote from. Uh, um, he worked with Google part-time for more than a decade, and AI systems were shaped by neural networks that Hinton pioneered. Uh, creepy. Um, and yeah, I remember reading about this at the time, but prominent figures, a lot of them, like I think Elon Musk, a bunch of people uh, that are far more um, in the know about AI, signed it uh a letter calling for artificial intelligent labs to stop the training of most AI systems for at least six months. The reason was, quote, profound risks to society and humanity, unquote. Yeah. That's not disturbing at all. No. My friend, yeah. my friend Andy um, is really into this stuff. I, I would be too if I had the energy at the moment, but um, he, he's having a hard time sleeping. Reading some of the, about this, some of the stuff. So I, I think we should be really, really concerned. Uh, it seems ridiculous based on what we've seen so far, but these—that's what's been released publicly. Gosh, knows what is actually happening and is running in these labs. Well, even you think like GPT three is is pretty amazing for what it is. Four now, three and now five. it's four released. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. So five, when that comes out, which is probably already <laughs> underway, and six, and yeah, it's, it, it, I don't know, like, part of me says, this is ridiculous. Why are we worried about this? It's a joke. I know. Machines are never going to take over. And then another part is like, well, is uh-huh. it? <laughs> but when I'm living in a tunnel, hiding from the machines in, you know, a couple of years from now. Yeah. Uh, hopefully at least, give me at least a decade machines, please. Like at least please. 10 years. Um, That'd be nice. And we'll be all looking back like, wow, why are we such idiots? Like, it's like every movie ever, <laughs> every futuristic movie predicts this. All of them do. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's in everything now. I'm seeing it. Uh, even my, uh, system we use for HR, HR partner, they have a thing now where I was trying to write something and it popped up saying, Hey, would you like to use AI to write this? I'm like, why not? <laughs> <Press Yet. it. laughs> um, and it's getting awfully easy. Uh, and a lot of people are talking about it, of course, from the SEO perspective, pulling this back online here on, on track. Um, and it doesn't cease to amaze me how much 
argument there still is about it. Uh, many different feelings about how it should be used, whether or not you should be using it for SEO, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's ridiculous if you don't. I think it has to be used. Maximize your content by using it just wherever possible. And I'll say this again and again and again. Maximize it with your own knowledge and your own point of view. Be a thought leader. Don't just use what's given to you because everyone's going to have access to that. They can all do that themselves with a push of a button, push of a button. So you need to add your own value to it. When you do that and you perhaps rewrite some stuff to make it sound a little bit better, it's, it's excellent. Why not use it? It'd be crazy not to. Anywho, it's uh, nerve wracking, this whole thing. All right. On to the uh, Google Analytics. So what's this all about? Yeah, so just a quick update for people out there, for everybody that uses analytics, which is probably everybody. Um, so as you probably know, we've talked about it a lot, that as of July this year, Universal Analytics will stop recording data, and you will need to be using Google Analytics 4. Uh, one thing we didn't know until very recently, until a few days ago, uh, was when you would have access to that old data until. And Google has come out and said... You will have a full year. You will have until July of 2024 to back up, download, save, access, whatever, your old Universal Analytics data. As of July 2024, goodbye. If you haven't backed it up, you're out of luck. So it's good to know because there was we didn't really know. Are they going to give you a week, a month, a year? We didn't know. So now we know we've got a full year to back everything up. I would suggest just waiting until after July till you've got the cutoff date and then back everything up starting once it stops recording. Um yeah, because then you've got the maximum data you can get out of it, right? So, and then scramble for, and then wait until June 28th, 2024, and then panic. Oh no, I forgot to back up all my data and then freak out and call us because we'll be masters at it by then. So, yeah. <laughs> well, no, we might have a backup, but we still, hopefully by then we'll know what to do with it because, um, as far as I know, you need to use like big data to really do anything with it. Um, that's a bit above our skill level at the moment. So we'll we'll, we'll get there, but not there at the moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, maybe ChatGPT can do it for us soon. There you go. <laughs> probably, actually, probably. <laughs> um, all right. So some more algorithm updates have not been confirmed, but appear to be on uh, happening right now. It's, a, again, unconfirmed, but as of May 1st, May 2nd, they seem to be running. Uh, this... Uh, the Google search status dashboard can't speak. Google search status dashboard is not rep reporting any updates though. So it's just one of those things. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, we're seeing rankings changing. It seems to be happening, but nothing's being confirmed. As for what has been confirmed, take it away, Scott. Yeah, the April 2023 product. Sorry, not product. Just reviews update did wrap up at the end of April after about, I think it was 13 days to roll out that one. So if your website was affected at all by that reviews update, uh, you will see it by now. Uh, our last episode, I think it was actually happening. We were in the middle of it when we recorded the last SEO 101. So, yeah, so that's done. If you see any more disruptions after April 25th, those are unrelated to that update. Uh, again, this is an extension of the product reviews update, which is now affecting not just product reviews. It affects review reviews for services, businesses, destinations, any kind of media like games, movies, music, TV shows, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, if you have any of that type of stuff on your website, take a look. Have you been affected by it? If not, you're in good shape. If you have, 
hopefully it was for the better. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and as for the, why do I have that there? Oh, yes, yeah, so reports have come in as well that uh, through SEMrush and Rank Ranger and a few others that show that this update was significantly more volatile than previous product review updates. So it is, and it kind of makes sense if you're affecting more verticals that it would be more significant, but maybe even in those individual product websites from before, uh, it's more effective or not effective, but more um, disruptive. Words are our are, are friend today. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm good, good at real good at words words oh i i'm <laughs> so sorry justine justine's my ea and she's going to be trying to go through the script after it's been translated or transcribed yeah wow we're even when we apologize for not being able to use words correctly we can't use the words correctly this is like a blooper reel type of stuff here got it all right so on that note let's take a quick break and we're going to come back with some news on canonical text SEO 101 will be back right after recess. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WMR.fm, hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company's senior SEO, Scott Vanak. Okay, so Google is no longer recommending canonical tags for syndicated content. Now, this is something that I don't think many people even consider or even think about. But if you want other, if you have a fair bit of content on your site and you regularly allow other sites or want them to publish it, in other words, syndicate a copy of it. Google now recommends that those other sites block that syndicated content from being indexed. I think that's crazy. But anyway, they, they want to. Previously, Google had recommended those pages containing your syndicated content utilize the canonical tag to direct back to your original source, which makes perfect sense to me. Why the hell wouldn't they do that? Uh, this is one of those things where I, it's a WTF moment. I have no idea what they're thinking, why they need to make this change. It, it looks weak to me. What are your thoughts, Scott? Yeah, it, it, I don't know that people are going to do it because people syndicate content for SEO purposes, even though they're not supposed to. But let's be real. That's why most people do it. Well, with and the Chronicle, who cares, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And, but if you're blocking that content on wherever it's going, the only value you get is any kind of branding plays or, or whatever, right? Or, or maybe you get some direct traffic from those, which, which is great, depending on where this content is going. Don't get me wrong. Um, but there's not really any SEO value necessarily, which there, Technically shouldn't be because that's, that's bad. Don't do that, but whatever. whatever. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of unnecessary. I mean, what, one of the things they cited in that article was that, uh, this is helping to prevent the syndicated content from outranking the original source content. Now, in theory, the, the, in theory, the canonical tag should do that anyways, although yeah. it's a suggestion, not a directive, but still, um, I guess Google did once some years back, they played with uh, some source meta tags, like a syndicated source and original source meta tags, and people didn't use it, so Google stopped supporting it. And to be honest, I had never even heard of that meta tag until today. So that's why nobody used it, because nobody ever heard of it, I guess. I don't know. 
I remember covering it, but it was definitely a long time ago, and yeah. I certainly never used it. Um, now, I mean, a lot of these other sites that are syndicating, let's say, your content, whatever content it is that you have, um, may not have been putting the canonical in, and then, yes, you weren't getting the full benefit of it from on your website. Because uh, frankly, a lot of these sites don't have the ability to to change the canonicals, perhaps, or don't know how, or don't want to, or just play too lazy. Yeah. Um. So you know, that aspect this corrects, but they're not they're not going to block it. Google just stop. I think this is Google <laughs> going to block saying, it. Google saying something. No one's going to listen. No one's going to do anything, and it probably won't matter at the end of the day. <sighs> but if you want to be by the book, and you're you know very rigid on how you do things by the book, this is what you should do. Um, should you actually do it? I don't know. It's yeah. up to you. I don't think so. I don't think it's pointless. But anyway, uh, stick with the canonical tag. Um, if they want to make a big deal of it, they can at some point, but I still think it's ridiculous. Okay, so let's moving on. Let's move on to Google search video results with pros and cons. So uh, this is a post Barry put up. It's just a, it's a bit speculative, but I, I liked it because it, it showed a really interesting uh, part of Google's video algorithm or an aspect of it, and that is that it was able to pick out when pros and cons were noted within the video. Now, this has been something that's been a, a allowed in text or possible by using rich result markup. Google could identify uh, pros and cons within the content and actually show it within search results. It was kind of like a grayed out bit underneath the, the listing. But this is the first time, to Barry's knowledge, and certainly mine, because you know, Barry is way more in touch than I am on this stuff, that uh, he's seen this happen where in a video, um, a rich result listing in search results where it showed the video and, and per particular clips with key moments, which is normal. We've seen that before, where you could jump to components of the video. There's ones... There's a new area that says pros and cons from this video. So you could jump right to those pros and cons in these related areas. I think that's really cool. Uh, it just, I guess it never ends just how much they can do with this. And, and when, when they are going to use the pros and cons is going to be entirely up to the, the quality of the video and whether or not they can get that kind of signal and they determine it's worthwhile. So who knows how often we're going to see this. It might be something that's extremely rare. But the fact that they can do that is uh, it's, it's really cool. It's all pretty amazing. YouTube has come a long way in the past <laughs> yeah. few years. With, with I mean, I remember I was blown away when they could just sort of auto-generate transcriptions, even though they were heavily flawed. You know, that yep. was huge. And now that's nothing now. That's just like, that's the one-on-one stuff. That's, oh, you mean captions? No, like you, you used to be able to pull the full transcription of a video. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, and the punctuation was a mess, and it wasn't great, but it was something, right? And um, yeah, I I still think that when they auto-generate captions, it's pretty cool. It's not flawless, but it's darn good. Yeah, even now, <laughs> the fact that it's still not flawless is amazing, but it's it's still pretty good. Okay, we have a Mueller file. You want to take it away? Uh, yeah, I don't know what this one is, but I let's. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, no problem then. So, uh, you know, when you have an issue with your website and let's say you're about to uh, redo it, completely redo it, for some reason, and I still don't really understand why this is even necessary nowadays, even for large sites, 
people put up a coming back soon under construction sign and they have it down offline while they're working on it. Nonsensical to me. And I'm sure there are use use cases for this that I just haven't experienced in the enterprise realm. But from a classical standpoint, it just still doesn't make sense. Anyway, if you have to have it, uh, back in 2009, John Mueller recommended using a 503 server status code. And this this code would state to Google that this is something that is temporary. You know, it's not it's not going to be there forever. This is just something that's happening. Um, and it will be turned back to normal. Now he said that one to two days max is recommended for a 503. This is recent as of just yesterday. For anything longer, quote, it's going to be painful regardless of how you do it, unquote. In other words, if you're going to have any kind of downtime, make sure it's very short. And if you don't make it short, it doesn't matter what error code you put out there or code, the server code, it's going to harm your, potentially harm your uh, authority, I guess. I'm not authority, your footprint in Google, how they're perceiving you and your rankings. Uh, I'd say the takeaway is don't have downtime. <laughs> I mean, these days, if if you can, you should have the existing site running while you're working on a second one in a sandbox and getting it ready to go and polished up and then do the transition. Now, I can see the transition in big enterprise-level businesses taking some time, but I can't see it taking more than two days. Um, again, I'm not experienced in the enterprise realm, so um, those can build millions and millions and millions of pages, so I suppose it can be painful. Anyways, Expect some followed if you're going to be more than two days. 503 I, or not. These things worry me all the time, even if it's two hours. You know, like any any downtime at all, if you can avoid it, yeah. you know, you're, you're asking for trouble. Even if you have to do it, don't. I don't know. I don't know, I, I don't know <laughs> the answer to that. Like, if you have no choice for whatever reason, system, uh, all the systems have to come together and it has to be down for a couple of days to make that work. And, and It's tough, but really, yeah. I guess follow his advice. Yeah, stick with a 503. That's what they say to do. Um, although that kind of makes me nervous. A, a 500 error on your website can't be good for rankings. I, I feel like it's a pretty good way to get you de-indexed in a hurry. But if you're maximum two days, I, I guess, you know, you've got some buffer there, especially well, with the enterprise sites. It's technically telling Google that it's a service unavailable and it indicates a performance issue on the origin server. This is quoting from Amazon. So, um I think it's good. It does tell them that this is a problem, but it's something likely going to be fixed. Right. And Google yeah. will put you kind of in this limbo for a little while. What he's saying is that limbo is going to be no more than two days, or at least you're playing with fire after two days. Good. That's good info. Um, quite a bit of difference between that and 2009, isn't it? Anywho. Time's All right, what's the last bit here? Are we the last cover? one is just a little bit of something that popped up on the weekend of all times. I, I had a client email me on the weekend while I was at the, the bowling uh, tournament that we talked about a little bit, and uh, I don't even know why I checked my work email. Like, what was I thinking even checking it? I don't know, but I checked <laughs> it. And I had this email, and he's he's kind of freaking out because his analytics basically stopped recording data. There was, like, nothing. He's like, oh, what's happening? What's happening? So, like, well, I was on my phone. There wasn't – I was nowhere near a computer. There was nothing I could do, and – I messaged Dennis, our tech, like, can you take a look into this? And, but, you know, he was, he was away at a marathon, running a marathon or something. It was just like bad timing for it. Um, anyways, we, fig we got what, figured out what happened. Client got back to me shortly after he had it fixed. 
And this is what happened. They, they did a theme update on the, on his WordPress site. And when the theme updated, it, for whatever reason, killed his analytics code. And he contacted his web host and they fixed it, put the code back in, whatever. He just said they fixed it. I don't know what they actually did. And everything was back up and running again. And the reason I bring all this up is we talk a lot about make a backup of your site, make a backup. And I, and so you should make a backup before you do stuff, but this wouldn't really be fixed by a backup because you still have to update the theme again. But I think what a lot of people do is when they do these updates, you go back and you look at the website. It looks good. Maybe you do some contact form submissions. You you go through a purchase to make sure everything's working. It's great. I don't think many people go out and look at third-party applications that they're using. Like, is my Google Analytics still recording data? Mm-hmm. I mean, does anybody do that? Like, I don't even know if I do that. Like, I have, but it's not – but will be now on the list of things to check right away, make sure it's recording. Make sure your Google uh, Search Console is still verified because if you're using um, the meta tag, which most people aren't really using that method anymore, but if you are using the meta tag method or the upload the file method for verification, that could disappear. And then that's not a huge issue. You just have to re-verify it later. But things like that, make sure you check that stuff because if he didn't happen to check his analytics within a day, who knows how long it would have gone without recording data. Like we would see it eventually, but I mean, you might have a few days or weeks or if you're a client of ours, it won't go months. But if you, you know, if you're just doing it by yourself, you might go months, maybe even years. Like we've had clients come to us with a whole year plus gap in their analytics data because they just don't check it. And like, what? It's not working? Like, I don't know. <laughs> so check that stuff. Make sure it's working, especially after doing theme, uh, WordPress updates, plugin updates. Just make sure it keeps working because yeah. you never know. For one thing I want to say though is uh, a couple things here. One is that you're you're not doing a lot of the transitions anymore. We have a team that does that, so they know to check for that. Just for the for the record, <laughs> we do make sure to look for the analytics. Oh, sorry, yeah, from our from the step four side of things, yes. yes. <laughs> um, and I knew I was going to forget number two. Uh, oh, number two was that uh, I did see that email about his thing, and I would have jumped on it, but it wasn't like his website was down, and I figured that would be fixed. You know, so if we do have a client who's got an issue on a weekend. We're on it. Just setting the the record straight because <laughs> you know it's important. You need to know that we're on your we got your back. Um, and something like this, you know, when your analytics goes down for a day or two, um, I, I don't know. You can wait till Monday. That's not at the end of the world. It's not business critical. No, it isn't. And and I'm glad he got it fixed though. I know it's very important to him, and I'm glad he got it fixed. Anyways. I hope you enjoyed the show. On behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company, Senior SEO, Scott Vanak. Thank you for joining us today. Remember, we have a show notes newsletter you can sign up for at seo101radio.com, where you don't have to miss a single link, and you can refresh your memory of a past show at any time. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which are twice a month on WMR.fm. Great. Thanks for listening, everybody. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.